This webmasterradio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. Today's forecast calls for 6 to 12 inches and temperatures will only be in the teens overnight, so bundle up and... Imagine, you're planning your end-of-year reports, planning for next year. What are you going to do to monetize more in 2011? We're going to have clear and sunny skies with a perfect day of weather for everyone coming to AFCON 2010. Warm up your marketing strategies this December in our winter oasis for affiliate marketers. AFCON 2010 Florida, December 8th through 10th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort in Aventura, Florida. Sign up now at AFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached strike point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to Strike Point. We are once again live. It is Monday, the 20th of September. But today, Dave Naylor is not with me. My name is Mikkel Demib, and with me today, I have Anne Kennedy. Are you with me, Anne? I am. Hi, Mikkel. Welcome uh, to the show. Uh, we never had you on the show before, but um, I go way back with Ann Kennedy, and uh, I was just reading up on your profile on your website, one of your websites, um, to see if I got everything right. Um, well, usually you don't speak about a woman's age, but uh, I can say that you've been in marketing for 35 years, so um, I think I'm not wrong in saying that you're one of the, the more experienced people in, in our business. And then you moved on to uh, online and search marketing in 97. So um, you were one of the very early ones going into uh, search marketing. And so you've been doing a lot of things. I know we've been doing a lot of things together. We still do some things together. Um, and I think originally we met around the search engine strategies conferences when um, when they were starting out. So um, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of interesting topics, some of them going a little back in time and uh, some of it more present issues. So, um, welcome, Anne. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm really well, and it's such a delight to be here on your program. I'm a great fan, as you know, and we do go back a long time. And can I tell the story about when I first met you? Because it's one of my favorite stories. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it was uh, Boston SES um, sometime early in the decade, and you were doing a session on cloaking. That's back when it was okay to talk about cloaking out loud. Do you remember those days? Mm -hmm. And you were wearing one of your which, wonderful suits, not the orange with, one. but With John, with yeah. John Hurt? Yes, 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 exactly. And I went up to you after the session, you and John, and introduced myself. Um, and that's when we first met and we became friends. And I was kind of amused to notice that it, you know, it was a very geeky conference and everybody else was dressed in you know jeans and t-shirts and stuff. And you and John both had on nice suits, so I decided this business probably paid well. 
It's, a, it's amazing what a cheap suit can do. <laughs> or, or a bold suit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I think back then I was actually wearing more conservative suits and, and red tie and, and nice shirts and stuff like that. Uh, so that was, that was before my now famous red suit. So it's a long, long time ago. I think, what was it? Maybe 2001, maybe 2002, Some, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, a long, yeah, long time so, ago. So almost 10 years, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've both been uh, been doing stories even even some years before that, and um, we're going to look a little bit at um, the the history of um, of search conferences and the history of the whole search business and the whole industry. Maybe discuss whether we actually do have an industry or not. And of course, because you're here, and uh, I would so much like to touch on the topic of women in search. Uh, because I think there's, an, there's a few interesting things, or maybe maybe just curious of why we don't see more women in search, and, and especially why they, the few ones that are here are so, uh, so little technical and more editorial. Um, we can talk a little bit about that, and then there's a few more, um, more news topics. So um, I think we should have um, a short break and present our sponsors, and uh, then we will go right into the meat of the show. So uh, please stay with us for a couple of minutes, and we will be back. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. $250,000 in cash prizes and all year long revenue share is what you can win when you enter the 2010 Internet Marketing World Cup competition. All competitors are rigorously screened to ensure the best competition and the best possible results. Before you tell others how to make it work for them, prove that your system actually works. Build your reputation in the competition that puts your system to the test and proves you are the best of the best. Sign up at www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. That's www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. Registration ends soon, so put your system to the test today. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Jim Hedger and Dave Davies bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Webcology, 
Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. Today, I'm alone, Miguel Demip here, with a guest, Anne Kennedy. Dave Naylor is away on some vacation, I think, again. So, um, welcome, Anne, again. Um, let's talk about um, the, 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 the history of search conferences, because I think we were, we were probably around some of the very first conferences, uh, you and I, and that was, of course, uh, search and strategies back when that was the first one. When, when was the first one uh, you, you attended? I think it was that when we were talking about when we met you, the first search engine strategies was in the U.S. was in San Francisco in 1999, and I didn't make it to that one. Um, I went to one in later year in Boston, but the first international ones were in 2000, and I believe you were at the very first one, weren't you, in Denmark? No, yeah, the very if the very first one we 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 did in Denmark was not SES. Um, it was uh, just. I think six months after the SAS uh, conference in um, in San Francisco, um, and then later came SAS into Europe to um, to London, I believe, and and also of course extended into Boston, later New York, and and Dallas. We used to have it there. I remember. Yeah, I, I remember Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I offend anybody by saying that it was probably one of the most boring places we ever had the conference. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to think of some of us as Texas as a different planet, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Not even just a different country, but a different planet, you know. But yeah, then I live then, in Oregon, which is also a very different kind of place, too. Yeah, and then Dallas is not the most exciting uh, city in itself. And, and, and the conference, I remember, was like 10 miles outside of the city in some parking lot area. <laughs> <laughs> So it was it was it was uh, not a very interesting place, but the conference was good anyway. So the conferences because we had several ones. Uh, so w- what do you think that that if you look back at the at the conferences uh, back then and then the way that it evolves now with multiple uh, uh, big brand conferences uh, going across all all over the world and not just the U.S. and Europe, but also now Asia and South America and places like that. And and what do you, what what is the biggest differences you see in the whole um, conference landscape? Oh, well, besides that there's so many more of them, um, <laughs> there's so many things besides search involved now because the way the media's expanded. But what I was thinking is, why do we have so many conferences? And the only answer I can come up with is that you know, we all like to see each other a lot, which is kind of the nature of the business and has always been. Um, this isn't a difference so much as how much things have changed the same. I have 250 friends around the world that I see only when we get together in conferences. So apart from liking to party, I mean, you know, we all love to party. I think the real reason we get together so much is because this um, whole industry, and and we really did create an industry that didn't exist before, um, that we, uh, uh, we created it learning from each other. There are no schools to teach what we do, and so we have to learn from each other, and that's how we started way back in 1998 with the iSearch discussion list with Det Love, now Disa, and um, Marshall, and John Audette, and we, that's how we learned how to do this by teaching each other, and we're still doing it in a 
13 years later. And I think that's pretty cool. So how is it different? It's just bigger. Um, they're, <laughs> it's, it's changed with the media. The media has changed so much from, I mean, for one thing, if you go back before Google, and you and I both go back to before there was a Google, um, yep. you see that uh, there were, the way that search engines operated were uh, very, very simple. Um, that they, they were very straightforward, and we had to do something different for each search engine. You remember those landing pages for Alta Vista and uh, yep. uh, Northern Lights and all those? And so, what's changed now is that you, we have fewer engines, fewer media that we really care about, and that means. But each of them has expanded greatly. I mean, now we've got video. Um, we have uh, we have apps that we have mobile there's and local there's so many um, so many other ways we have to consider how we do this now um, but still fundamentally I think we like to get together and see each other frequently yeah I think that's probably one of the good motivations for pulling the conferences beside the fact that I mean if if you if you're good at doing conferences and and you're good at getting enough attendees of course. Uh, then I guess you can also make you know decent money or maybe even good money if you if you pull a lot of attendees. But um, so of course there's also a business in running conferences, and, and and I mean that's the other side of it because I know that you and I and a lot of people going back to the early conferences and still the, the speakers going to these conferences like to go there to mingle with the other speakers and the other experts and and, and we do actually exchange a lot of information and not not just with ourselves uh, which is something we constantly remind people on in, in this show it's often shared among all the the the, the attendees uh, it's not everything that is shared on stage a lot of it is shared in the bar or at the parties or you know all these events and and so everybody should remember to go there all the time um, that's what happens and as, as Dave said so often you know come up you know buy me a beer and I'll tell you all the secrets <laughs> it, it you know it, it it's um it's also what we do with the other attendees, but but what I was thinking is that it, it to me it looks like there's there's so many more people because it's not just you and me and the other speakers that go there. Of course, there's a lot of attendees. In fact, a whole lot, <laughs> um, and it seems that there's so many more attendees and overall going to conferences today than than five years ago and of course ten years ago. Um, do you think it's going to keep growing like that? Do, do you think? We're going to see even more global conferences or even higher frequencies of, of, of conferences. Um, and, 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 and what are you, and I know I didn't mention that in the beginning, but you um, you uh, are involved. I'm not exactly sure exactly how, but you're involved with charging strategies. Are you involved on, on, on some of the planning or, or, or what, what is, how is it now? I'm on the advisory board for search engine strategies, except we just rebranded it. It's now the SES conference. Um, mm. And it's what uh, Incisive Media is doing is pulling the Clixy brand, the old Search Engine Watch um, publication brand, and the conference brand all into one thing. Um, this is Mike Green's new uh, way to rebrand it and make it uh, serve the market better. Um, and so I've been on the advisory board for two years. And yeah, we actually get together each time there's a show. Uh, we, as an advisory board, get together and um, meet and discuss the next show and what should be on it. And um, there are a lot of good people on that advisory board, people like uh, Brian Eisenberg and Bill Hunt and um, who else? John Marshall, Erica Schmidt from uh, um, from iProspect, uh, just a lot of uh, um, 
people who have a pretty broad and, and long time experience. Um, I think we're going to see more conferences, but I think we're going to see uh, more of them segmented into uh, specific areas. I think we're definitely going to see more global conferences. There's a, a huge interest now in um, multilingual, multinational SEO, and um, I have a particular interest in that myself because uh, my business partners are now in Reykjavik, Iceland, and we do SEO in 20 languages. Uh, through them, but yeah. um, and I think we're going to see a lot more conferences in um, cities in in Europe and Asia to uh, address that, and because there is a growing interest in that part of it, and we can talk a little bit later if you want about that because you've got so many great things you want to talk about in this program. <laughs> uh, we could go on, you know, for three or four more programs. So you know, maybe yeah, Dave yeah. should take more take more vacation. <laughs> but I. I, the thing I keep going back to, and and I was around when Danny um, started, Danny Sullivan started SMX um, in competition at, right after he left SES, and I was around. I was on the advisory board at that time, and so I, I heard a lot of what um, each of the the what Danny was saying about um, what he was doing and what SES was saying about what they were doing and what each was saying about what the other was doing, and fundamentally, I think what it comes down to is. Uh, competition is a health is a sign of a really really healthy marketplace. So the fact that we have now um, the SMX conferences, SES, we have Webmaster World, which we hadn't even mentioned yet, but Brett's gone yeah. that yeah, into a, a really happening thing. Um, and then we have other ones like this one I'm I'm going to next week in Hawaii. I have to go to Hawaii. Isn't that too bad? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, for work. Yeah, uh, which is Woot. Um, the WOT, the Search and Social yeah. Conference. Um, and I think what we're seeing is that there is a, a huge demand for information. And the information keeps changing. I mean, you know, what, can you name any any string of years when the same stuff always works? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. So we have to keep uh, getting together. So I don't, I don't think conferences are going away. And the other thing we've found, I can't speak for Webmaster World or SMX because I'm not privy to their um, statistics, but at SES, what we do is we uh, survey our audiences um, at each show, and it is astonishing that every conference there is a very high proportion of first-time attendees. Um, yeah. um, 75% or more are, are first-timers, and so we have this enormous uh, group of people that are just uh, that want to come in and find out what there is to know. And and you're so right. The the reason it has to be a conference, the reason that it can't be you know sort of distance learning or online or something, is that the the best information gets shared in the casual settings. You know, at the bar, over lunch, um, just <laughs> talking. You know, it's uh, sometimes the hot tub at the pool. You know, at at the hotel. Uh, yep. But that's where the always and and I hear this a lot from the new attendees. You know, they 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 say, yeah, I have the best stuff I got. I got hanging out with the speakers, and the speakers have always been really great about hanging out with people. So, it's the way we like this business. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think that 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 what surprised me when when um, when Danny split out from from Search Engine Strategies and and formed his own company and and started uh, SMX, I, I was I was very worried that that the two conferences wouldn't be able to live side by side as two 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 big conferences, but um, realities 
uh, uh, happily surprised me <laughs> uh, yeah. because it has it has actually turned out that both SMX and SES and of course also Brett's conference, uh, the Popcorn conference, and a few more actually doing pretty good as far as I can see in numbers of attendees. And so I guess if they manage it right, they, they should also be able to make some money from it, um, which is really, really good. And um, because, yeah, I totally agree that uh, competing conferences are good. It does evolve and it does push everybody to do everything uh, just a little bit better uh, every time. And by the way, I, I do, I know that SMX is is is, um, is uh, constantly evaluating um, everything they can. And I, I'm pretty sure that Brady is doing the same thing with, with the pop conference. So, yeah, I guess everybody is, is, is always being pushed by by what the other conferences are doing and, and trying to improve it. And uh, it's been wonderful uh, to see that um, over the years. Now, related to, of course, the the, 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 the development in, in search conferences, uh, the whole development in, in our industry, and I kind of put that in, into quotes in my, in my notes here, because I kind of question uh, what you kind of said in, in, in just before that, that um, whether we do actually have an industry. It's, it's been widely discussed. I mean, there's no doubt that when we started out uh, in, the, in the late 90s, it was really just a bunch of geeks playing around with what could be done to manipulate, optimize, whatever you want to call it, uh, your presence in search. And um, then around, I think, was it around 2002 maybe, the first, the first ideas of forming a... a a trade organization was discussed at uh, Searching Strategies, in fact, uh, one of the early conferences. And uh, what came out of that was uh, Simple, which is, is still living, and, and also a few other smaller uh, groups around, uh, especially around Europe. Um, but, I mean, putting a trade organization together, having a few out of the many that, that, that are doing this trade in this organization in, in, in my opinion, doesn't really create an industry. Um, my personal opinion is that, that that I kind of question whether we have an industry because I still see that ma the majority of really good work that are done is still done by a bunch of geeks in, in small companies or just themselves or just themselves with a few freelancers. And, and it's, it's we don't really have we have a few companies that are getting bigger, but the far majority of, 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 of who's dealing with, with SEO and who's doing a good job is just a bunch of, of, of spread geeks, I guess. But um, what's, what's, your, what's your look at, at uh, the search industry? Do we, do we have an industry at all? Well, you know, I think that I think we most certainly do, but it may not be just the way you are describing an industry. Um, to me, the beauty of our group of people who do what we do, okay, we'll take the word industry out of it for a moment, but this group of people who are professionals because we're paid to do what we do um, and we're professionals, we know more than the people who pay us. So, uh, But to have this, this group of people who do what we do is um, what I think is the real beauty of it. The thing that has thrilled me about it and continues to thrill me is that it is a lot of small individual practitioners and freelancers. It isn't doesn't have to have a big corporate structure. There are, as you said, some big companies that have big corporate structures. But on the whole, we're able to do this still pretty much as um, 
hired guns. And that to me is a sort of a, a wild-eyed anarchy that's very similar to what the internet is, or the web at its best, is uh, completely uh, the, the, the ranch is run by the cowboys, not by the ranch owners. And I like that. I like that anarchy. I like the fact that I can sit here in Oregon and I can work with you in Copenhagen and that we can do the work that is as beneficial to our clients as some big corporation in Boston that has 100 employees, you know, but we can get as good results that we don't need these enormous corporate structures to support us. And to me, that's the beauty of the whole thing. Um, of and and you can call it what you want, you know. An industry is just a, a convenient term, but we certainly have a method of doing business that isn't going to go away, and um, because people need it, and that's why so many more people want to want to be a part of it. Yeah, but I I think the the, the funny thing to me is that that ever since uh, at least around two thousand and 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 forward. Uh, uh, a lot of people have been talking about how this would eventually turn into what I would say, you know, real industry and 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 all the small and medium-sized uh, uh, SEO companies would be be bought out by by large corporations, as we've seen it happen before in time with direct marketing, with public relations, and other 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 areas of marketing where it 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 all starts out with with inventious uh, people with with anarchists and geeks uh, playing around and then they form small companies some of them may grow a little bit and then then those mid-sized companies are going to get grabbed by the big agencies and then we're back to zero again <laughs> um but it just hasn't happened in search it's well it, you know what's happened fun. i mean there ha of course there have been companies that have been sold i, I used to work with market leap uh, as you know and they they got sold and then the big company that bought them kind of killed the whole idea of the company, in my opinion. But well, you know what? That happened. And of course, we have we have a few we have do have a few companies that have grown bigger, but but the whole idea that that I mean that some people have been presenting over time that that it would be impossible for the small people to survive in this because once the big media agencies, the big agencies, and the big money and the big companies comes into it, the little the little one wouldn't have any any chance of getting through in organic search. And it just hasn't proved that way. I mean, And that, that's the beauty <laughs> of it right there. Yeah. But you know what happened? Um, I mean, Market Leap's a really good example. I know the Market Leap guys really well, too. Um, we go back a long way. Yeah. Uh, that's a real, what happens, and this has happened with other um, small, you know, entrepreneurial companies that have been bought out by big agencies. The, the entrepreneurs leave pretty quickly because basically we do what we do because we're all mavericks. And you don't a maverick doesn't fit well into a large corporate structure and there i can't think of very many where the little company got bought out and the uh the the entrepreneur that started the little company stuck around um in fact yeah, I, mean, I'm, 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 I know I'm, they all left <laughs> and i mean it's 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 kind of crazy that that the the the, the large companies are making the same mistake i think it's like maybe they're trying to cultivate the business, you know, they're buying up these little, very creative uh, agencies, and they think, okay, now we can cultivate them. We can put them into our framework of the company and 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 force them to act the same way that the the rest of the, the the group is acting, and and then then we can have all the good stuff that comes with this small creative agency and mix it with our big company profile and and way of doing business but it just doesn't work like that i mean i'm not going to mention any specific companies but i know one company that was sold uh, a small base or mid-size seo agency get, getting sold and then the first thing that the, the this new large corporation do is 
I mean, maybe I should step it back a little bit. You know, one thing that that are very common for very creative people working in small agencies is two things. You know, they dress up crazy and they smoke pot. <laughs> you know, let's be realistic. You know, that, that that that's two very very common Busted. things about very creative people in these small agencies. I'm not saying that the crazy suits and the pot is what makes them creative, but it's part of that nature. It's part of that culture. You like it or not, that's a fact. It's it's the and, maverick and, culture. Yeah, and then these large companies, in this particular instance, this large company bought this your company, and the first thing they do is one, they enforce a dress code. And secondly, they have them all forced in to um, to drug testing uh, and 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 also for 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 smoking pot, and like, hey guys, you know, it, what are you doing? You know, you just you bought an agency with these crazy dudes, and yeah, they are crazy. They do dress up crazy, and yeah, they do smoke pot, but they do some really really good work, and that's what you bought. And of course, it didn't didn't take. A long time before all the creative people were out of that company, and 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 maybe that's the reason why small uh, agencies and and geeks can still uh, um, get around uh, organic search uh, even now when all the big agencies wants to do things and um, and they have the money and and everything, but they they sure don't have a, a good grip on keeping the. Uh, well, uh, they don't. They don't get the business. They they don't understand it. They don't understand. I'm talking about big agencies. I came out of the agency world of PR and advertising. I didn't. I, I was never a geek. I'm still not a geek. Um, I I was always in marketing. And uh, by the way, I just passed my 40th anniversary in marketing. So oh, I've been. A, so I, I got to update that profile. Um, <laughs> but uh, just this month, I passed. I got my 40 years ago. I got my first job in advertising as a copywriter. But the great irony. <laughs> And what you're saying is, um, you know, you've just described a maverick culture, and that's one of the things we love about working with people in in search is that it is a maverick culture. But the um, the great irony is that the big agencies, and, and you can see this clearly if you watch that TV show Mad Men, which I, I my first boss was Don Draper. Um, he not really, but I mean, he could have been. You know, um, it was the same the same mindset, the same ethics. Uh, sleazy advertising morality, that kind of thing. But the great irony is that, you know, you talk about Mavericks. Well, in the 60s and 70s, um, the advertising people were were the Mavericks. They were, if you had some crazy uh, uh, art director who was maybe 14 years old and dressed like an Indian on a bad day, and I mean an, an American, excuse me, a Native American on a bad day. Um, and it and the other thing was, you know, you want to talk about uh, substances. I mean, alcohol was so rampant. Uh, I actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the early days when I was a whole lot younger, I was around for those three martini lunches. And I tell you, not a lot of work got done in the afternoon after that. But it's it's like, so the great irony of, of, of it, you know, of these agencies now that they're big corporations uh, trying to uh, uh, change, alter the culture. And it's just not going to yeah. work. Anyway, I think we're going to have a short break now, and then we will get back and discuss a lot more about the search industry. So um, if you stay with us for a couple of minutes, uh, please welcome our sponsors. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. 
That's my ka-ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-ching! How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K A C H I N G book.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. State of Search, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Traffic. Leads. Money. Want to learn what it takes to drive truckloads of targeted traffic, convert the highest percentage of leads, and make the most money? Welcome to the Internet Marketing Radio Show that exposes the latest methods, systems, and strategies that actually work in today's online environment. Get the unbiased truth from real marketers, industry pioneers, and trendsetters. Traffic, leads, money. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point, and we are live again today. It's Monday on the 20th of September. I just had to look at my clock there. <laughs> anyway, we have Ann Kennedy with us today. Uh, Dave is away. I think actually maybe he's at the Oktoberfest, the SAO Oktoberfest. So he's probably right now wearing leather hose and drinking beer. <laughs> now and that's a picture. looking at half-naked, half-naked <laughs> German girls, which should be fun. And uh, I know he's down there with a lot of fun people. So. so somebody was asking last night why Oktoberfest starts in September. Do you know the answer? Well, why why is uh, what what is it called? The, the, there's a Russian, there's, you know, all these dates. I think it's it's I I'm not actually sure with this one, but so, so often it's because dating systems have changed over time and stuff like that. I'm not sure with this one, but it's always been in September. Um, yeah, it well, it goes for weeks, doesn't it? I mean, it's a proper festival. Like, it goes for five weeks, so it winds up in October eventually. I guess they uh, you know, it takes sure. that long to drink all the beer. I'm not sure it goes that long. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know all the, the the thing is I've been invited down there, of course, for 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 this event uh, a few times. Uh, but the thing is, I don't really drink beer. Uh, so going going to, to the Oktoberfest <laughs> and not drinking beer is, I think, like a waste. Uh, well, then so, you could so, be the, the designated driver. 
Yeah, I think I always I always uh, said to the guys that they should they should give that seat to to a different um, to a different person and then I, then I come party with them for something else. Um, anyway, um, as I said in the beginning, I would also like to talk a little bit about uh, women in search because I always been been I always loved working with uh, with women, especially in, in technical areas, and been very fortunate to to be able to work with some really really intelligent uh, um, women in, in programming. Um, and of course, I also been very fortunate to work with some really bright um, women in search, including you, of course. And um, oh, but there's Gosh, there's yeah. a bunch of other, of course. So so I'm not saying that there's no women in in, in search and no women in SEO, but it's very apparent that that there are a lot less women in SEO and search. And and the few of what the few of them that that are actually around and that are very bright, they're usually not in the more technical areas. And again, I'm not, you know, it's not 100% because there are, like Vanessa Fox, she is very technical. So, so I mean, of course, there are technical uh, women around, but they're not, they're not that many that, I mean, I would say it's more than nine to one in, in, in men's favor uh, when it comes to SEO and, and especially the technical end of it. And I'm, I've just been wondering a lot why, why is this? Um, just to give you a little bit of background, there, there was a, a, um, there's, an, there's an interesting journalist in Denmark, a female journalist uh, um, called Dr. Toft. She's, uh, she used to be a programmer and she was actually one of the, she's about your age, I think, and, and uh, she, um, she was one of the very early uh, uh, that came through the, the programming uh, educations in our universities and, and she used to do that a lot of years and then she went into journalism and now she's actually one of the most prominent uh, bloggers in Denmark. And so she blogs a lot about, of course, about technology. And she just wrote a book uh, that translates something. It's a book in Danish, but it translates into something like "Happy in Geek Land" or something. And it, it, it's a book where she, she's she's uh, she's um, debating why women are not seeking the, the the hardcore technical educations in Denmark. I think it's like maybe six percent or something on on the hardcore programming educations at universities that are women. The rest of them are, are boys. Um, and 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 so she's she's just uh, talking about why why this is one of the one of the, the 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 theories she's coming up with is that there's been some studies around the world that that shows that that uh, in general um, boys think they're about ten percent more intelligent than they actually are. <laughs> so boys in general think they're really good at things <laughs> and 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 better than they actually are and on the other the other end of it is that that that, that the women or, or girls think they're about 10% less uh, uh, intelligent they than what they actually are and it's not just themselves it's not just the boys and the girls but it's everybody around them it's their parents it's the school teachers it's everybody that that have this misconception of things there's just one exception and that is in France where the French boys think they're about 20% more. Uh, uh-huh. Right, well, that, they would, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. they? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to comment on that. <laughs> best, best not to. <laughs> so you know, what the, you, you know what the IQ test is, right? Do you have those yeah. in Denmark, right? Do you know that when with the IQ, the Stanford Binet IQ test that was invented way back in the 50s, that uh, Dr. St- Binet, who invented it, the first time they did the first rounds of tests that they did, the women outscored the girls outscored the boys. They they scored too high. So Binet went back and he fiddled with the questions on the test so that they would be questions that it would be more likely the boys would know the answers to, like questions about football or something. Remember this isn't mid century, mid twentieth century. Because the girls were too smart and they had to equalize it. Now so what's that do to your theory? 
Yeah, but but I mean, it, it, I can understand that that um, certain types of jobs, for instance, jobs that require extreme heavy lifting and stuff, that that men are in general, you know, a little bigger and a little stronger than women, so they seek these jobs more. You know, I can understand those types of jobs, but what I don't understand is 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 for programming and for technical SEO, for instance. There's there's no there's no physical reason why women should not do this job. I mean, women are just as intelligent as, as men. It's not like women don't understand math or that women couldn't understand how to do programming or or, 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 or read technical papers. Of course they can. I mean, I met women that do it. And it's not, they're not like like special monsters or anything. They're just, you know, normal normal people, normal women that, that have an interest for that. Well, but I'm, I'm just wondering what, what, what it is that, that, that keeps them away from it because it's definitely not physics. It's not... It, it, I don't know exactly what it is, but maybe it's due to what I was just talking about, that, that, that women don't think they, they, they can do these kind of things. Maybe it is a little bit to do with what another guy suggested uh, the other day, um, that boys like to build stuff. Boys like to build machines. They like to create uh, in, in inventions. And, 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 and maybe, maybe that appeals more to you when you look at technical stuff or programming, because that is about building, you know, inventing something. And, and maybe maybe boys in general are drawn more to that. But but again, I don't think it explains why only, I think it's 6% or something uh, of, of the seats in, in the technical universities in Denmark are, are occupied by women. And, and, it, and, and I think it's, you know, if you look at the SEO industry and say how many technical SEOs are women, uh, my guess would be it's not much more than the six percent we see here in in the technical universities. Um, you have any? Well, it's any good- it's an interesting. Um, it, I think part of the in the in SEO, um, and I've had this experience, you know, for thirteen years now, going to conferences and looking across a sea of guys, and you know, and an occasional woman. Unfortunately, now they're getting more and more. Um, that's changing. You see more and more women at at the conferences. But remember, search marketing is not just technical. It involves marketing as well. And you can ask the other question the other way, you know, is, is, okay, there's so many people, um, there's so few women, why are there so many more women in marketing? And I think it's like post-it notes. You need we need each other, you know. We 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 need the geeks. I'm in marketing. I'm not a geek. We need the geeks to do the programming, and then we need the um, the geeks need the marketing people to make the, all this work because you can't just do technical SEO. We know that now. I mean, how many times do we tell our clients it's not about how you program it? You also have to understand your market and know how to write and use your keywords, and exactly. so it's it's a much more combined thing. But personally, when I was doing my web certification courses back in 1997, I think it was, I did just enough HTML coding to decide it was really boring and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I leave that to people who really enjoy that that kind of fine motor detail stuff. Yeah, and I do think that it's. I do think that it, it, it is highly um, a motivation issue that 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 women don't seek the technical uh, areas because they're not motivated to doing it, and and the boys are doing it. I'm just wondering what is it that motivates them? Because well, it's not it's a, not physics. Got, it's no, I, I think it goes back to the education systems. At least what I see in this country, um, and yeah. I'm I'm interested that you're finding the same thing in Denmark. But in this country, um, we we know that uh, when girls when they get into high school tend to avoid the math and science and we're nobody's real sure why that is but we've found that girls who are educated in uh, 
single, you know, girl-only high schools, which I went to, tend to, not that I'm a good example for math and science, but um, we tend to uh, spend a lot more time um, focusing on things that might otherwise have been called the boy things, like math and science and, uh, um, uh, you know, m- more uh, stronger things. And I think part of it has to do with how, how, the, how the kids are educated and what they're, what, um, and how distracted they are by uh, having the uh, boys around. I, I was very interested to notice um, we have a very famous women's college here or a university called Vassar. And for 150 years, it was only a women's school. And they let uh, men into the school, partly as a financial thing, um, in the, oh, I guess it must have been about the 1970s, somewhere around there. And within two years, there was a boy who was a president of the student body. And and I thought it didn't take long before the, the women started deferring to the the boys. So I think it goes back to the education, you know, and you've got to get yeah. the girls away so they can develop their brains. Then you send them back to hang around the guys. I think for certain technical areas, I know I was working with a, a very intelligent female uh, woman uh, programmer, and she was actually educated in, in Danish universities in um, high energy physics. And in Denmark, High energy physics is uh, first of all. High energy physics is probably one of the most geeky areas you could you could go to. I mean, yeah. we, that's where they 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 study black holes and time traveling and and you know for real. And yep. and and Denmark have a very very strong uh, tradition for high energy physics going back to Niels Bohr, who mm-hmm. among other things invented. Yeah. Who, among other things, invented the nuclear bomb? <laughs> yeah, uh, but <laughs> that was one of the things that he 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 later he later realized was probably not a good invention. Um, but it's difficult to redraw an invention once you uh, once you put it out there. Um, so anyway, she was in the educated in high energy physics, but she had to leave it. They literally had to leave it because she was she was actually very young when she got the education. She's extremely intelligent, but she was also very kind of alternative thinking uh, young woman uh, with black lipstick and and crazy uh, piercings and stuff like that. And and had you know of course original young ideas about the world and everything. But the high phys- high energy physics world is ninety nine point ninety nine percent old men in black suits. So for a girl to to work and function in that uh, environment was just impossible for her. You know, it was she was not taken serious. She was, you know, she she couldn't be part of that community, and and so eventually she had to leave it. And then she decided to be a programmer, which of course was easy for her to do because she was very intelligent, of course. So well, that would take it seriously is is an issue as well. And, but I don't um, see that problem. I don't see that honestly. I, I don't know if you see that differently, but I don't see that problem in 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 the search industry. I mean, people when 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 you have people like Vanessa Fox coming around, everybody everybody loves her. You know, I've never seen a man that 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 doesn't appreciate what what Vanessa Fox has been doing uh, for the industry, uh, and and all the work she's doing for clients and stuff. Um, so it's not. I don't. I and 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 I mean, we're not. We're not. This your industry is definitely not old men in black suits. <laughs> well, that's you. You, you put it. That's that's really. That's why I there. I have never. I have not noticed um, issues with being taken seriously, um, in um, SEO. But I think in things like high energy physics or even programming, I think you you can find it difficult to be taken seriously. Um, 
it's kind of sad because I've better, you know I, it's kind of sad because I in most companies that I work with, including my own companies, I had only uh, uh, male programmers. And I always, every time I'm looking for a new programmer, I'm so desperately looking for a woman. Not because I think that there should be an equal amount of men and women in a workplace and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not like that. But the few times that I've been in a place where we had a mix of, of female and, and male uh, programmers, it actually has turned out much, much better. You know, having a few women around kind of takes down the the two boyish teen kind of attitude a little off and 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 it adds you know and a different spice to the group and and yeah I just it just it just the the group seems to function better uh, when you have a mixed group of people uh, um, so I've always been looking for them but but I've never been able to find any female programmers for my own uh, for my own companies I'm still still hoping that one day it will be possible well you said you're you're such an evolved man that's what I love about you Michael. <laughs> Um, I was thinking the uh, there's a there's a, a older elderly woman I know named Louise and I was desperately trying to pull up her last name. She went to the same girls' school I did, not at the same time. I'm not that old, but she worked on the Man- Manhattan Project, and she was saying that she got into physics, which is very high energy physics. You know, you know that was the bomb too. Um, she said it. She said I realized it's like cooking, and if you can cook, you can do physics. Um, yeah. So she she was pretty evolved but I think um, in search there's so many women that are worth mentioning um, I mean the Sherry Thoreau who is also yeah. a programmer a coder and um, um, they've you know you can't talk about search without talking about Marissa Myers uh, you know that uh, you know has been yeah. with Google forever um, and then uh, or somebody like like Jillian Musick, who's uh, you know the president of SEO Moz. So there, there's certainly a lot of women. But you're right; they may not necessarily be in the technical aspect, but they bring the other part that's so necessary to make everything work to the business, yeah. whether it's organization or, or as you said, the uh, uh, smoothing out the uh, the the boy um, bumpy boy rough edges. <laughs> So, who knows? Who knows? But yeah. it is good to see um, women succeed. I think part of the reason that that it works well in search is that um, the uh, uh, it's from the marketing end of things. If you look in marketing companies, there are a lot of uh, women who are successful there too, and I think that they've brought so they've brought that influence into the. Um, into search. Like I said, it's like a post-it note. You need both. You need the marketing, you need the geeks to come up with the ideas to make it work. I promised I would bring some a little bit of news into the show. And one news that came in this week was that cool, you probably forgot all about that, C-U-I-L.com, the search engine that announced himself as being one of the Google killers, or maybe the Google killer, I think they said, or maybe others said it about it. In any case, they have apparently died, uh, or at least the website was closed down last week and TechCrunch um, was mentioning that they were just about to being sold, but then the, the sale didn't work out. Apparently, Apple has been in maybe buying it or trying to buy it. We don't know for sure. It's still rumors. But the fact is that if you go to cool.com right now, the, there's no website. It's not responding at all. So what happens to Cool? We don't know for sure yet. We will follow up next week on that. Um, but it is interesting to see once again, and I was just talking to one of my friends. I can't remember how many times 
I've seen people invest a whole lot of money into search and claiming that they would be the next Google killer or maybe their PR agency just claimed it or some journalist. Uh, but they never really seem to kill anything except for themselves. So <laughs> what do you think, And do, do, do you think we're going to see uh, a Google killer, uh, some, some small company coming up with some really good idea and with limited funding, really, really beating Google, taking over a, a yeah, big Yeah, you know, it seems like Wolfram Afra trying to do that. Um, I, I don't think so. I think it's it's too big. But if you look at what's happening with traffic to websites, uh, what's really bleeding off the uh, Google traffic is YouTube. Oh, wait, Google owns YouTube, so that's Google traffic. But um, apps, people are we're seeing a big shift in behavior. People are looking for the, well, what they want on their um, apps for their Android or their iPhone or whatever smartphone they have or their or their tablets or pads. But the so I I don't think you're going to see somebody try to create a search engine um, like you can't replicate Google. You have to jump over to something else. And I think what the problem with Cool was in the first place, you couldn't pronounce it from how it was spelled. So, you know, as a branding image, it was really a problem. And it was started by some ex-Googlers, and I think maybe they didn't think enough outside the box. Yeah. Or maybe there's a reason they are ex-Googlers. Yeah, that could be too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't, again, I must have a disclaimer here because I don't know the people. I don't know whether they're good or bad. It was just a good joke. So, uh, Did you but- ever look yourself up on, on Cool? I, you know, I remember when they launched. I, I, I did a little bit of research on it and stuff, but it, 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 it wasn't very appealing. Results were not very good, and, but that's the usual thing with any new search engine. I mean, you cannot. Uh, I mean, that, that's just you know, from a technical point of view, you cannot launch a new, uh, search engine and expect it to be better right out of the box. Google was not very good when they launched. When they first that, opened up their website, it was not a very good search engine. If you look at it now, it would be totally ridiculous. But they, you know, they they took their first initial ideas online and they evolved it from there. And it actually took several years before they got momentum. People people forget that. Uh, but it, it yeah. takes time. But, you know, contrary to what you're saying, I do actually still think that at least from a technical point of view, well, also from a market point of view, but from a technical point of view, I still think that it is possible that a couple of dudes with some earth-breaking idea about a totally new way of crawling or indexing or ranking content, what type of content, you know, not maybe so much about presentation, but a new approach to, to search, if it's good enough, if it's strong enough, if it is light years away from what we see now. Um, you know, as I, as I played around before, let's let's imagine someone made a search and then only have one result when, result when you search, but every time it's the right one. How would you like that? You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I know how to do that, but I'm just saying that I, I think, I mean, we are, we are literally in 1940, when you look at cars. Would you say yeah. in 1940, that no really big inventions could be made in cars. You know, is it, I think there's been a few. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that maybe not next year, maybe not in the next ten years, but at some point, I think that there is there is the risk, depending on how you look at it, that 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 someone comes around and and creates something that is just light years away from from what any other engine is doing. But how likely it is, 
I don't know for sure, but it's definitely possible. <laughs> so it's it's probably for a whole nother show, uh, uh, a topic. Maybe it has to be not HTTP. Maybe it has to be a completely new technology. Maybe maybe that's it. And um, now I can hear that studio is fading in music. That is uh, that is usually what we call the hook. It's uh, <laughs> what, they, what they what they use to try and, and and pull out the host of their own show because they don't really want us anymore. Or maybe there's just a new show coming up. So it was really good to have you here, Han. And I hope that you will join me again for another show. I would love to. It was and, fun. Um, yeah. And um, see you on the next conference. You betcha. <laughs>